What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to Cryptids of the Corn podcast. Woo! Yay! Here in a minute, you're about to hear from the world-renowned Ron Moorhead. World famous. Well, yeah. I literally, world traveler, Sierra Sounds. Uh, he gets into some really, really, really amazing stuff. So we're sneaking in here real quick. You'll hear the intro and everything like that normally. We're going to do our front of house stuff because uh, we didn't want to do that with Ron. You know, right. we didn't want to take up more we'll of his time. Knock it out real fast. So uh, once again, like as always, you know, we have our YouTube. Uh, the documentary series is going to mostly be done through the YouTube. Uh, speaking of which, the Kickstarter is still live. As of recording this, we are 73% of the way funded. So thank you guys for your for your great, your really amazing support. You're and gracious. Donations and donations, all that stuff. Yes. We do greatly appreciate you. And the ones that have donated once it's fulfilled and everything like that, be on the lookout for some emails and stuff like that for like t-shirt sizes and whatnot. And if you want to support that, the link's below. And if you want to share it, also the link's below. Uh, this upcoming weekend or the weekend after, uh, more likely, is the uh, Monster Fest. Small, by, sponsored by Small, Small Town Monsters. Yes. So Jay will be doing that uh, with Rachel and Sean. I will not be there. Mm-hmm. So if you guys are coming, let us know. Come uh, see us. Yeah. Uh, I'll sign some prints beforehand, and Jay can sign them at the at the event. Right. But yeah. So have fun there, guys. We're going to do a couple new reviews. We're going to stick with the Spotify side of it for this week. Uh, okay. Bumberlily? B-U-M-B-E-R-L-I-L-Y. I have to look at it. Bumberlily? Bumberlily, it sounds like. Yeah, I think I got it right. Yeah, I think you did. Uh, she says, awesome as always, gentlemen. I'm assuming it's a she. I don't know. Uh, the lily just makes me think of it. Right, yeah. Uh, awesome as always, gentlemen. I'm always looking forward to the next episode. Five stars all the way. Woo! Thank you. Thank you, Bumber Lily. This one's from the Little Tadpole. Thank you for shouting out Rex. If you guys want some uh, to get in contact with some of the people who researched with him, hit me up. Also, we have a lot of clay, just for the record. Thank you. Uh, so, you know, remember we did the shout out for Rex, the Australian. Yes, I remember that. So, oh, she's she's from Australia. Yeah. Oh, thanks from down under. Uh, but yeah, no, we'd love we'd love we'd love some more of his research. 
or people that research with him, mm-hmm. it's very hard for us to get anything of substance. It's weird. It's like he's hidden from the U.S. Yeah, and it just it may be that whole thing with you know just how the internet's designed and stuff right. like that. Designed to hide. Mm-hmm. And the joke that we also have a lot of clay, just for the record. Because remember, I, I was making the joke about ancient cultures. Like, they built all their stuff out of rock because that's all they had. They didn't have clay. Yeah. They do have a lot of clay. I don't know <laughs> what I was thinking during that episode. Finally, the Patreon shout-outs, and we have a lot of them today. Okay, let's get to them. Okay, the, I'm going to do the hardest one first. Okay. Kashat Fireball? Close. Yeah, let's go with that. Uh, once again, if I say these wrong, you're more than welcome to contact me, and I'll try them again. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Johnny Knight. Johnny Knight, welcome to the team. <laughs> Solar Flare. Ooh, I like that name. Solar Flare. Is it spelled the... like the same? No. Oh, is it spelled like Rick Flare? Uh, Flare is F one A R three. Never mind. Never mind. But thank you. Destroyer John the Dawson. <laughs> Destroyer Dawson? Mm-hmm. That sounds we're glad to have you on our team. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome, gonna... Destroyer. <laughs> Welcome, Destroyer. And uh, Michael Winborn. Michael Winborn. Finally, I just said actual name. I know. It's like my my brain went. <laughs> well, Johnny Knight is. Oh, yeah, that is too. Okay. I know a couple nights. That's true. Me too. Uh, yeah. But it's just like, it's fun. You can do some of these really fun names. Oh, yeah. I love it. Uh, but thank you guys for joining the Patreon. Be on the lookout for our Patreon live events. Yeah. Uh, and then I know most of you guys pick the top the top tier. So after two months of that, like I think in we're gonna do it in July or August this year is the t-shirts for the ten dollar tier. So stick around and yep, you have get, to, you, I th- get your tea. Yeah, you gotta be signed up for at least two months to receive. All right. But yeah, thank you guys. So this is pretty much it. Uh yep. you'll hear the normal intro here in a second. Oh, sorry. Enjoy the show, guys. Bye. Bye. There'd be a lot of poop in my hands. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing a six foot alligator go swinging through the air and slam into a tree. These guys are the scientists of the supernatural, lecturers leaving lessons for inquiring laymen. They are applying the scientific method to a world that baffles science. They are the cryptids of the corn. But who else has big black wings and red eyes? Um, Batman. Oh, Mothman. Oh yeah, Mothman. A great white shark was stolen. Oh, someone stole a shark? I got stuff for you you don't even know about. She's a witch. She turned me into a newt. Who knows? Anything could be possible. Anything could be possible. It's really big. Mm-hmm. Abduction vibes. Holy moly. It sounds like you were abducted. And it just stood up. I mean, it just like kept going and going. And she goes, what the... Welcome back to Cryptids of the Corn Podcast. I am the great and powerful mystery. And you know what? I'm just Jay today. Just Jay. Yeah. Today we are joined by definitely the most well-renowned person that has ever been on the show. Yes. Uh, Jay, you want to give the intro? Okay. Oh, big pressure now. Yeah. This is the, well, the discoverer, I don't know, the recorder. The recorder. Of this famous Sierra Sounds. A famous, he's a world traveler. A public speaker, a former safety diver. Let's welcome the great Ron Moorhead. 
Ron, thank you for joining oh, us. Uh, how do you do? My pleasure. Fun to see you guys. Oh, Again. yeah. And we, we've hung out with you at conferences. We've, we've had the great honor of sharing a speaking stage with you down in North Carolina. Uh, if you, I never thought that would have happened. That was amazing. Uh, but, I mean, literally the most famous person we've ever had on the show for any of this stuff. It's a great honor, so thank you. Well, thank you. My, I'm humbled. <laughs> for a couple drunks from Northwest Ohio. Right, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're a good home, uh, white lightning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we like to drink. Good for you. <laughs> but in something Jay left off there is uh, you're an accomplished author. And, all you know, I have all your books over here on the shelf. But do you want to just kind of go through and tell everybody, like, just kind of the basics about your books? And I'll have the link below everybody to purchase everything. Well, anyway, uh, yeah, uh, I got involved in 1971 with a group of hunters. And we went into the Sierras and started encountering these creatures. And they were eight miles in the wilderness, 8,400 feet in elevation. So it's quite... Uh, Imposing area to get to, too. Nobody else is back there. And uh, anyway, one of the guys got scared off so bad that he went out and, he went and got me because I wasn't up there at the time. The other guys had said earlier that they'd been encountered some kind of monster up there. So that got me involved in the camp. I went back up with him because he didn't want to go by himself to see if the guys were okay. And they were. So I saw my, my first prints then and heard the sounds that they'd recorded because they, they'd heard this thing earlier that year. And... Uh, the other guys had to find out if that was real or what they were dealing with. So I say that I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. The Johnson brothers have been going to that camp since 1958. And uh, this is the first time they've had these things that come around that they know of. You know, they may have been spying on for years. They don't know. But uh, Warren Johnson said he thinks one of them got burned on the stove. And that's what started off. And so when they came out and told the other guys had been hunting with them, which were my friends, they were all my friends. And, uh, uh, they all went back up to see if, what was going on, and they got up there and, and heard the same thing again, really aggressive sounds, and they, uh, one of the guys just got freaked off, and uh, he left out the next morning, left a note, and said, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> I ran out of here. You can't leave at night, or he would have, you know, because it's just too far and too dangerous and all that, so. Anyway, he came out, and the wives were worried because the guys didn't come out. So anyway, he said, I'll go back. You go back with me. They want him to go back and check up. So I went back with him. The guns were okay. So there, that's, that lays the foundation for all this. And I ended up writing a book. We ended up taking uh, Alan Berry in there in 1972. My wife says, slow down. Ron. So I'm going to talk real slow now. <laughs> <laughs> well, like John Wayne says, talk low and slow. Low and slow. <clears throat> well, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I get carried away with this stuff, so I end up talking a little bit too fast and run, running my words together. So if you don't hear something right, just have to say it again. Will okay. do. Uh, remind me to slow it up. Anyway, I, uh, we took Alan Berry in there, investigative reporter, in 1972, and he uh, ended up thinking it was a hoax, like, uh, like so did Peter Burns, so did uh, uh, Ivan Sanderson, who was a cryptozoologist mm -hmm. back east. He's, and Peter uh, thought it was a hoax. They all thought it was a hoax. I didn't know this until I read the correspondence later on. And I found out Alan, when we was gone out of camp up there, he was going through a pack and everything else, saying, who could be doing this stuff, you know? Because <laughs> it's pretty weird. It's way, way out there. 
up in the mountains away in the forest away from everybody and everything and and how could he be sneaking up there and doing that stuff at night you know, to us and making these sounds so uh, him and i started uh becoming friends later on at the time we weren't friends at all he was up there doing the job we were up there just kind of having fun with it and he was a professional investigator though so he ended up fostering the sounds that, that uh, you know, having studied and uh so he passed away in 2010 years ago, and I, uh, I kind of got the wand. I'm carrying it on and talking about it still. But he said, because he was a master's degree in science, and he said, don't talk about this strange stuff up here, or, or no one's going to ask you to talk anywhere. Mm-hmm. So we didn't, we didn't for a long time. But he and I started going out talking, but we didn't talk about the weirdness. Some weirdness goes on up there and other places, too. I've been doing this now for 50 years, and it, uh, I hear more and more stories about weirdness and what's going on. And he said, if you talk about anything, stay with science up here. Don't get off in the woo-woo land, you know. Well, where's it go? I mean, how do you explain the anomalies we, we, we had going on up there? We're just strangeness. Lights, uh, sounds we couldn't identify. I don't mean the Bigfoot sounds. I mean other sounds, like I heard a big tuning fork I thought it was above my head above our heads as daytime. I couldn't find the source of it. And one time uh, we thought the camp was being tore apart uh, out there while we was inside the shelter. And and uh, we looked out there later when all the commotion stopped and nothing changed. Nothing was messed up, nothing, nothing different. How <laughs> do you explain that stuff? Mm-hmm. Right. And one time we thought we heard a car door slam out there and you, know, you don't get a car up there. My gosh, you're lucky to get a horse up there. I was going to say, you said walking. it was like it's eight miles by horseback. They get up there. Eight miles, anywhere you go, where you right. Ride, right. ride a horse, horse car, I, mean, I guess yeah, but it, there's there's no there's no roads up there. There's nothing like that that you you there's, can't get to no, this place without a horse. You can't get to well or walk. Yeah. Uh, so we, we we had a hauling barrels up there to pack our stuff in, leave our sleep bags up there and stuff like that, so we could cable them to a tree so a bear couldn't tear them apart. But they did get into them occasionally, but. Anyway, uh, we did that so when we did have a chance to get away and get up there, uh, we wouldn't have to carry so much stuff in because you got to carry it out. <laughs> right. So, so that's why we had the horses and mules so we could take stuff in and not go through all that when we walked in. So that's how we handled the situation. And uh, it was uh, just, again, the strange stuff. So that got me into studying quantum physics. And that's what got me into my second book, The Quantum Bigfoot. Because I think there's an answer to any issue that's out there, but it is science, and I think I back up what I'm saying with science, and I got the professors that support it, and uh, so that's I mean, can they disappear? How trackway stop? You hear all this stuff all the time, but you know, you kind of put those people off because it doesn't make sense to us because mm-hmm. we're in a special environment. When you find out how things really work, all the way from the atom to the cosmos, it's under quantum physics, the rules of quantum physics. Newtonian physics only works within our environment, our 3D environment. And our eyes only work within light's frequency. Everything's energy, frequency, and vibration. Mm-hmm. So when you get into that, you find out that the light's energy, light's frequency, excuse me, is between 430 and 770 terahertz. Outside of that, there's all these other frequencies that you don't see. Some people see ghosts and some people see other things, you know, just... You don't, you don't see everything there is to see. I uh, compare that to like a bear's olfactory sense. I mean, they can smell 20 times better than we can and seven times better than a dog or something like that. Mm-hmm. 
So anyway, if we understand our human limitations, understand how much more there is out there that we just need to try to understand, and it's hard to do in this three-dimensional uh, Newtonian physics that we've been raised in and that we've been taught. So, but there's more to it. Newtonian physics is 1687, Isaac Newton, you know, and he, it's based on everything being physical and, and, uh, and material and measurable and predictable, and that's just not correct. Everything isn't. Everything you can see is, but not everything that is, is. <laughs> it makes sense. Everything that is, is. <laughs> right. So I, 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 I go with that and try to, I try to open people's minds up to understand that there's just so much more going on that we don't see. And I got into quantum physics because it is a science, and it will explain a lot of the paranormal, a lot of the woo that people, that people talk about. It just explains most of it. Some of it you can't explain because it it's somebody's imagination, maybe. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I know quantum physics. I, I related to in the back of my book. I, it it, it uh, balances or puts together spirituality and, and quantum physics are synonymous. So I, I was raised religiously, so I, I know the Bible. I, I, I'm not religious anymore, but I was raised that way, and I, I, uh, I, I understood then when I started understanding quantum physics a little bit that they're synonymous. And even Tesla said that. Well, one man calls God, another one calls quantum physics. Well, that's pretty cool. And then you got uh, Edward, uh, uh, astronaut, Edward. Uh, astronaut, Edward what? Oh, I'm bad with the astronauts. Yeah, me too. Edward. Oh, just Google it. He can continue. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Edward. <laughs> Edward. He said uh, uh, you need classical and quantum sciences together to have clear perception. I really like that. Mitchell. Mm -hmm. Edgar Mitchell. Ed Edward Mitchell. Edgar Mitchell. There yeah. you go. Yep, Edgar you're right. Mitchell. So anyway, uh, they all got something to say about another realm that most of us don't consider, and that's quantum physics. And I really get into that more than I do Bigfoot because I think maybe Bigfoot has, has led me into this realization how much more is going on and how certain uh, things do, how certain things work. And uh, then I find out that Paul Dirac, he was a physicist from the UK. He, he got the Nobel Prize in 1933 for uh, antimatter. And uh, can something disappear? Well, matter and energy are interchangeable. Now, that's the most minute level of existence. We are energy vibrating at a frequency. Everything is. Mm -hmm. You find that frequency, you can change matter. That's Einstein, too. He said that. You find the frequency, and you can change the matter. So that's how I think the masters of old, Christ, Buddha, whoever, did their miracles. is through the laws of quantum physics. But they said, we can do the same thing, but... I don't know about you guys, but I don't care how much booze you give me. I, I can't walk on water. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried a couple times. Yeah. I haven't been successful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You get pretty wet trying. Yeah. But it's really hot and warm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's, it's out there. And I think I just encourage people to look into it and try to uh, understand what's really going on. Because we, we have two parts to our body too. We have the physical part, which dies, and we have the ethereal part, which ethereal part, which is our spirit, our energy, our frequency, our who we really are. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I think that's that's important too to know who we are as humans. And that actually this Bigfoot thing got me onto these programs like Chris Rock actually talk about that stuff. And that's it's it's fun because it's real. 
And uh, I think it's uh, until somebody kicks me out of this environment, you know, which <laughs> that's the ethereal part. You go into another dimension, another realm. And uh, that's if you're religious, you're going to go to heaven, you hope. And if you're a physicist, you're just going to change forms. It's according to Stephen Hawkins, Einstein, physics, it's, uh, energy has energy can't die. Mm-hmm. You ever heard that before? Mm-hmm. Can't be can't created, die. can't be destroyed. Can't it can die. only change forms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, what do we change to when we when we when this body dies? Do we have to answer to everything? What goes on? A lot of people believe in reincarnation, multiple embodiments. I do. I didn't used to, but I do. Just because it, you got to answer to all the things with love and compassion. If you don't do that in this lifetime, you're going to have to come back somewhere or somehow and answer or figure it out. We all got some learning to do as human. We have not evolved as, as high as we have to. And you can evolve in this embodiment all the way up into the ninth dimension. You can go, you can do it. It's just a matter of, it's not like a stair step that you take. It's, it's, a, it's an awareness that you get. So the more aware you get how things are, the more better you are. Your vibration increases. Mm-hmm. And uh, the higher you get your vibration, the better off you are when you do change forms. Yeah. How'd you like that one? That's pretty cool, ain't it? That's yeah. pretty deep, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's like the... I, it's, Ten minutes into the episode and getting into the fundamental like works of the universe Philosophical, and the human yeah. It's, it's almost <laughs> like a, when people get into... And I think it's kind of what led me into like all this, like the Bigfoot stuff. It just seems at a certain point when it comes to Bigfoot, it is like a spiritual type of thing. And I think it's kind of the stuff you're pointing to now, especially with with your uh, quantum Bigfoot theory. It just it kind of ties into that spiritual aspect that, you know, science doesn't really touch upon now. And then that's why they don't touch the Bigfoot thing or even want to acknowledge that it's real is because it kind of leads you down that path of questioning and making realizations that it isn't just the material world we live in that newtonian what'd you say that newtonian physics that physics yeah, yeah. there's more the to it Newton. yeah more to it absolutely and that's what that's what uh professor plack p-l-a-c he got the Nobel prize in 2000 or 1918 excuse me for quantum mechanics Hmm. He pretty much discovered he's the father of quantum mechanics. That's where Einstein and Tesla, Schrodinger, these different physicists of old are, are in it. That's, that's only over 100 years old, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and yet, we got that's called modern science. And you've got uh, Newtonian science, which is 1687, like I say, based on measurable, predictable. You look up at the stars at night and wonder how far is it to the end of the universe? Everything's measurable. You ought to be able to measure that. How could it be an end? Mm-hmm. Good question, huh? I've yeah. asked that question since I was a little boy. And nobody can answer that. In fact, I asked a bunch of professors I was kind of involved in with a... I think I got kicked out of the club about that time. <laughs> <I> said, Come <laughs> on. Everything's measurable and predictable. Tell me how far it is in the universe. <laughs> Can't answer that. Measure oh, infinity okay. for me. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, it's... It's amazing. And then, like, I do think that the Bigfoot phenomenon... So I had my encounter when I was 16, and mine was... I didn't have any of what people say is the woo. But we've had people on the show that I fully believe that have experienced the woo, like we've talked about. 
uh, whether yeah. it's the orbs or <clears throat> or whatever associated. But I, I think like you're like if I'm understanding you right, that it is explainable by science. Whether or not we can understand the science right now, is really the key. We just have to understand that everything is energy. Yeah. Everything is energy. Even the orbs, you know, and the light. That, I don't know if you've seen David Pilates' uh, mm-hmm. missing form with the hunted. The light ball that, or beam that he's the exact replica of what my wife and I saw in 2016, two years prior. You're out there in the tent, and all of a sudden, you know, it's dark. We're all asleep yet, but it's getting dark, and you see a thing floating by, and you don't know what to do with that. You know, it's, it's just a form of energy. But there's other orbs been seen up there, big ones. I seen a UFO up there one time. It's unidentified. Big blue ball come down huge from the, from the sky, and it just kind of got lost behind the trees when it went behind there. So there's things, uh, yeah, and quantum physics will answer those things. Uh, i got to say this, though, the Bigfoot phenomena, it's also got me digging deep into that. And I think they've been they've been a hybridization from, a, from an alien, possibly, and uh, long before we were created. If you think about it, we just live in a 100-year bubble, most of us. You don't know for sure mm-hmm. what went on before us. Mm-hmm. You just know what you've read. And uh, I think maybe the Bigfoot creatures have been here for, or something like them, have been here for eons and eons. Because aliens have been visiting this planet for eons, millennia. And uh, it wasn't until probably 12,000 years ago or so that... that uh, our race, Homo sapiens, was made by an alien. If you want to get where God is, because there's another thing. You get off on the physicists, you know, who can always talk about it. Well, that's the scientists who stay within their box, their parameters, you know. Mm-hmm. If they go to church on Sunday and believe in the woo, you know? mm-hmm. <laughs> they believe in God. They believe in God, they say, but they can't get out of their scientific box, which I understand. Because you lose, you lose a lot of credibility if you're in the academia and bring that subject up. And Robert Kranz lost a lot of, uh, he was a, he passed away too, but he lost a lot of credibility because of that. And they take a hit because they, they can't get their funding for the next project. They, they might even not lose their tenure if they haven't got it. Done. So it's a lot to do. Uh, Jeff Meldum, he, I know him, I just spoke with him a couple weeks ago in Florida. He's, uh, or you were there, weren't you? No, we didn't. Our uh, buddies were there. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he he's in that classical box, but he's got to stay there because that's what his life is all about. Mm-hmm. That's what he's been trained to do. And his on his personal level, he has to change a hat. And I'm sure because he's a devout uh, Mormon and he believes in a god. I know he does. I spent a lot of time with him over in Russia and Siberia, and so I, I kind of feel bad that he can't jump out of that sometimes. He's a good man. And he's got a really nice uh, lecture when he does talk, but he stays within that paradigm, that parameters, I should say. Uh, and so again, I, uh, I was a biologist, and I was a fisheries biologist specifically. Was. Yeah, uh, I hurt myself a couple of years ago, so I had to give it up. I had to take a much more relaxed job. Um, but yeah, I agree. It, it, you can't step out of that field. Like when you, when science says or ma- mainstream science says this is what exists in this box, the second you step out of that, like that's when you lose your job. That's when nobody wants to hire you. No funding comes in. Nobody publishes anything you write. You know, it's 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 much more political 
than scientific when it comes to that angle of it. I think there's going to be a lot more exposure uh, with all this stuff before too long. Too many people are seeing them. Too many people are acknowledging them. But I write about that in my book I'm working on now. Is what's going to happen if they do say, okay, they're out there. What are they going to do? What's, what's the government going to do? Mm-hmm. Lay aside all these billions of acres? Or is there <laughs> working thing going there, their habitat. Or some legislature get a hold of it and they'll, they'll appropriate so many billions of dollars for a study that won't do any good at all because I believe these things, a lot of them anyway, are able to change out of their frequency into another embodiment. And they can do that through their frequency change, the energy change. These people that saw them disappear, <clears throat> you know, I used to, like I say, didn't pay attention to that, but I do now because you get into Paul Dirac, I mentioned a few minutes ago, of Nobel Prize for antimatter, which is the direct exchange between matter and energy, energy and matter. They're, exchange, they're interchangeable. That was proven by CERN in 2012 when the hydrogen Carter uh, did that. <clears throat> and, uh, so anyway, it, it can happen. What happens then? You don't see them anymore. But the trackways will stop too. Mm. There's no density to them. These people that saw the trackways disappear—they're not crazy either. I—I <laughs> I had that happen to me. My daughter had a sighting. We found the trackway, and it just stopped. I thought, my gosh, what do you do with this? You know, you look on the trees, you look for boulders, you look where it could have jumped to, and look for signs, and you don't find a thing. You just don't. And uh, the answer to that, I think, is uh, is. They, they transfer their matter to energy. That's a lot for people like to get a hold of, but that's quantum physics and it's a reality. It's been proven. So I don't put those people off on the crazy farm anymore. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. We kind of we've, we've kind of talked about similar things already on this show with interdimensional creatures and such that they have kind of one foot in this world and one foot in another or a different plane, kind of like that, where they're frequent, like you're saying with their frequency, that they're here sometimes, or they're in the what we would call our physical reality, and then they don't quote unquote leave. They like you're saying, they just change, and they're still here. They're just non-observable. Yeah, I mean, they're not all the same. I'm gonna put that out there too. I think many of the different types of uh, aliens have been on this planet. They mess with the genome of different species. For what reason? I'm gonna guess that, but I think it's to hybridize their species to this planet. That's why I think a lot of these things are different. A lot of the old Native American lore say that they've taken their women, too, and bred with them, which mm-hmm. means there would be 23 pairs of chromosomes. Right. And that means they can interbreed. And uh, if that's happened, a lot of them would be more human-like than others. And I don't know what we're dealing with up there, but it may have been just pure alien because the trackways are more splayed. They're more, uh, uh, it's a little different than the Patterson track. I think the Patterson film is a uh, is a hybrid like they all are, but uh, I think it's probably a diluted one. It's more human-like. It's tracks. Most of them are, have tracks like that. A lot of them have tracks like ours. So that's another element that just promotes what I'm saying here. I don't think they're all the same. Some of them have different attributes than others. Ours can talk, has a language. That's what you need. We've had the science behind it. Dr. Curran, University of Wyoming, studied our sounds for a year. And he said, and he presented it to Anthropology Unknown in British Columbia. Uh, a lot of guys were there, people were there, scientific people. 
And uh, he showed the graph and he wrote in his paper, he presented his paper there and, and uh, it's, it shows that they're, they can talk outside or whatever sound they're making. He wasn't a speech expert, he was an electrical engineer, showing the credibility of the sounds that they were not speeded up, slowed down, they were not manipulated in any way, there was no 60 cycle hum, there was no, no heck, no funny playing going on with them, you know, no toying around, they were real. Mm-hmm. That was a big deal because people say, well, they're not real. They are real, and no one can debunk them because they are real. Right. And we're, we're dealing with something up there which has some really strange abilities. Uh, I know one time Warren Johnson and I walked out of the shelter and we heard one of these things yelling outside there. We thought it had to be high in one of those big trees right outside there, about 30 feet away. And we started walking up towards that tree. We can kind of bowl that because figured they weren't going to eat us by then. And uh, we got so far, and we both just got stopped in the tracks. And what to think about that? I asked a wildlife biologist about that once, and he said, you know, we uh, scientists can handle your fears. And I said, you know, we weren't afraid. I got to tell you, we were not afraid at that time. We just wanted to see one. It's so elusive, so elusive. And we just got stopped like a force field, like related to in my book. And we're... He looked at me and I looked at him. We, we had to go back. And then, as soon as we got back in the shelter, it started screaming out again. You know? So, mm. it was toying with us. It was toying with us. When I did ask the dog, he said, Well, then, weren't afraid. It had to be infrasound or pheromones. At the time, I thought, Well, it must be infrasound because they're huge. You know, these things are big. And uh, elephants, giraffes, tigers, they all can communicate with infrasound. So, I put it for years. I thought it was infrasound that did that. And I still do think that. However, you got Scott Nelson, who's a cryptolinguist who studied these things in 2008. And he said that they have a language, or the human definition of language. Now, we knew they were talking to each other, but until you get a professional behind it to say something like that. And he was trained by the Navy uh, to uh, listen uh, for codes, listen for language, unusual languages, and see if if it was a language. And if it was a language, was there a deception in it? And he listened to our sounds, and he did it by accident, actually. And he came out and interviewed me and Al both because it was just, he said, there's a language there, I think. And he wanted to study them. So anyway, we let him study them. And uh, he made the statement they have language by the human definition of language. That means a morphine stream of words like I'm talking to you right now. You know, it makes a sapient sentence. No other animal on the face of this planet is supposed to have that. Not dolphins, not whales, not nothing according to Professor Lieberman at Brown University. So that's why Al got debunked a lot of times, or I say debunked, no one would study it until Dr. Curlin got a hold of him. Because even Dr. Lieberman thought he was an ex-student that was trying to fool him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Dr. Minerva at University of uh, Washington thought the same thing. Actually played it to his students, and this is how people hoax you. This is how clever they can be. Well, you know, Al Dallas was pissed because he, he knew he had already, he'd already been through that gamut up there trying to figure out who could be doing this, mm-hmm. if anybody. And uh, for them just to shove it off, that's not science. Right. You know, they, 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 that's not science. We sent it to another scientist. And she took $2,500 of her money to start a study, and she came right back and said, no, this is human. This, uh, it's human. I hear human tones in there. And Al, being the scientist that he is, he, he got all over her. He said, give us our money back. You're not going to study him. He said, that's not science. And he even wrote to the people that funded her. He, he just 
kids were really mad about that because I don't blame them. Yeah, well, my money too. <laughs> right, right. I'd be mad. <laughs> why, why wouldn't you be? So anyway, he went through all this stuff with different people uh, saying it's toy making, you know, something like that. But, but thank goodness the Dr. Curlin took him serious. I said I just want to study or biased or you know, unbiased study, saying that it's real or not real. If there's any fun making in it or anything, all I want to know about it. He thought about a better story if you could say it was a hoax, how they did it. You know? mm -hmm. But but it wasn't. And then when Scott Nelson, the cryptolinguist, got a hold of it and said that, that put two big marks on our record right there. You know, here's one guy saying it's outside the human range. And uh, so does Scott Nelson, by the way, say it's outside the human range. And it represents an animal eight foot tall compared to the human vocal microphones. Mm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, and uh, the little clip that he studied for that, uh, showing how vocal mechanism is and then when dr lieberman says only humans can do it that puts all three together they have a component in them like we do for language and what did that who did that i think an alien some type of alien did that because i don't think our who we are as human our cognizance our sapiens everything we got about us i don't think that evolved like darwinism says pieces missing in there just don't work and uh I don't disbelieve in, in, uh, in evolution like that, but I think that aliens have, have messed with the DNA of a troglodyte, and there you are. And uh, different types of ones have done different things. Experimenting, maybe. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Yeah, so, uh, so I'm right there with you with the theory of evolution that there's, yes, I do believe species adapt over time, sure, but there are some major gaps that don't quite make sense. Absolutely. When it comes to us in particular. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah. I, personally, I'm Christian, uh, so I believe in intelligent design and all that for that. So that's how I explain it. But yours is just as, just as possible when it comes to that, because for how we ended up. Or how both in it. Yeah. If you get back into the cuneiform text, which you know was for the Sumerian times, which dates back thousands of years, it was the first written language in existence as far as the oldest one anywhere that we could find. Just about all the languages in Mesopotamia and all over there, even in Egypt, uh, comes from the cuneiform text. Slowly over the years and years and eons, thousands of years, it's all been changed around and Anyway, uh, you get into that, and the word God, as we know it, is not even mentioned in those. It was Elohim, E-L-O-H-I-M. Mm -hmm. It's mentioned over 2,500 times in all these cuneiform texts. It's always, this is a hard one to swallow, what I'm fixing to say here, 
ready? Yep. It's always plural. Mm. It's always plural. Okay. Never singular, not one time is there a singular mention of God in there. The word God isn't in there, but it's referred to as Elohim, even, even the Hebrew text. So you got to study all that stuff to really get a better picture of everything that's going on. That's what I've been doing for 50 years. It's, it's really been fun and enlightening. And uh, I'm, I'm not through. Right, yeah. yeah. When, whenever you stop learning, you've lied to yourself. Mm-hmm. There's always more to learn. <laughs> well, they say when you're green, you grow, and when you're ripe, you rot. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. That's a t-shirt. I like that. You got a question for him? So keep green. Right, keep green, yeah. Stay mm-hmm. evergreen. Um, when okay. it says, like, when you said, like, when it's referred to gods, I mean, well, cuneiforms are written form of text, and I say, like, any time uh, things could be written down, that's also a chance to deceive as well, you know, right? Even back in cuneiform times, that's still a possibility. Yeah. Well, who wrote, the, who wrote that? Right, yeah, yeah. And, uh, they, say, they say the Anunnaki wrote it. Powerful mm-hmm. ones from the sky, the shining one. That's what Satan was even called. Uh-huh. Know, so yeah, morning star. You really look at all that. Yeah, uh, it's the shining ones, the bright, the yeah, powerful ones. They were huge, and I think it's well, Anunnaki. And you get into that, and yeah, it can all be interpreted different. But mm-hmm. but I'm not I'm not sure how you would criticize that, or how anybody could. It's the oldest language, and everything comes from that. True. So, <laughs> I just like playing devil's advocate at times. That's what he does. Oh, that's good. No, but but how many different personalities have you seen God have in the Old Testament? Mm, Yeah. Quite a few. Right, yeah. And you think uh, a man or entity with love and compassion at its root and its core wouldn't wouldn't have all the people killed in a certain area like Mm. he did when the children of Israel went up into into, uh, uh, my mind's (laughs) that's okay when they went up there and seen the giants you know when uh, they uh went from the canaan land of canaan yes there we go it's also where where uh where goliath was his brothers and giants were up there they came back and reported that there were giants up there we can't overtake them but god said whoever god was go up there and kill them all and no mercy (laughs) just go wipe them all out Mm -hmm. everything however i think some of them might have got away you know the uh, edomites and the Edomites, if you look closely in the uh, cave that Michelangelo drew a picture, you see two of them in a cave, and they look like Bigfoots. Go look at that picture. I didn't know that. Ooh, that just enla- or tickled, That's interesting. tickled something inside of you. Well, yeah, because, I mean, we've talked about several times whether the, the giants of old and, and Bigfoot are the same things or close things that are very similar. I don't know. I think I have a different opinion on it every day of the week. Right, yeah. But it's good. I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah. I mean, it, I change on Bigfoot every day. You know, it's just, it's, you talk to different people and, you know, we haven't been doing this forever. I, I only know what I seen in, and what I seen had was in the flesh and at least in the flesh and blood mode. Right. Well, like he was saying too, there's multiple kinds. That's the other thing. It's not just one thing. Yeah. And that, yeah. By the way, nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing is just flesh and blood. Right, I yeah, I, I would just mine was my, ours was scared of a gun and it liked eating chickens and horse feed, so it had it, it had some <laughs> it needs. 
but there can uh, be good ones and bad ones. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and then there's that. And so we did an episode a couple about a month back now uh, with just UFOs and Bigfoots being seen together. And the number it's happened is astonishing. And we didn't even cover the Chestnut Ridge invasion on that episode. Mm-hmm. Were, but it's just, it's crazy. It's like every state of the Union has seen a Bigfoot and there'd be a UFO before, after, or during. Uh, so yeah. is that a part of yeah. that, that quantum sense? Or what do you think on that? Yeah, I think, well, I think UFOs are here. They've been coming here. Uh, according to the Huffington Post, a 2012 article they put in, from an 1888 uh, paper in Eureka, I think it was, Eureka Times, uh, they saw the rancher and a bunch of Native Americans saw this, this uh, big moon come down and three crazy bears jump out of it. That's the first UFO report, I think, that's ever been written about. Mm. You say three crazy so, bears came out of it? Well, that would have been Bigfoot. Right, right, they, but mean, that's, that's how they described them. That's how they described it all, yeah. And uh, anyway, they say 20% of uh, Bigfoot sightings have a UFO uh, component with them. And I actually, I've interviewed people that have seen and I We had a UFO. I've seen a UFO at our camp when stuff was going on. And I talked to another guy who had been hunting for years, probably about 15, 20 miles, as a crow flies from our camp. Mm. And uh, I know the mountain he was talking about, and he, he said he saw Bigfoot. Well, first of all, he was deer hunting and this deer that he was, I don't want to say chasing, but the deer ran across the meadow, and uh, he was standing there waiting to see if he could beat on it, and all of a sudden just froze right there at the edge of the meadow, shot back right by him. He said, deers don't do that, and uh, he looked over there, and had to be a bear or something, he thought, and it was a Bigfoot stepped out of the brush over there, and just walked away. And he's at the same time, he's, he's witnessing a UFO, he witnessed a UFO for probably 30 minutes in the daytime, so that was a pretty good report. The guy's very, very credible. He's hunting with an attorney friend of his. And uh, just, uh, anyway, makes you think a little bit. Again, I don't think they're all the same. I think when they do have, when they do procreate in this dimension, they have to raise their young ones in this dimension to teach them how to deal with us silly humans in this dimension. I think they toy with you. I'm quite sure they do. They toyed with us up there. You know, a lot of people report about them falling out of the forest or something, and you know, they hear the they hear something stopping alongside them out up there in the tree tree line, but they never see it. Well, I'll say they never they they don't often see it, uh, and they'll sometimes call out your dog's name when your dog's not with you. Mm. <laughs> That's and stuff like that. They might they might call out your name, so if they we... can speak you know within our. Yeah, hmm. we've had people on and stuff that that have I believe have had those experiences. And it's like, why are they calling your dog that? Like, I the your own name thing is really scary in itself. But like, is it? Are they just mimicking? Do they know what they're saying? Are they, but you know they're repeating? Is it because we call our dogs like that? Right. Because like I have a you know I have a German Shepherd. I got to say Doug fifteen times to get him to go anywhere. So out of any given time when we're out there, you know that's the word I probably say the most. Right. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's it's extremely odd. I, I I like that thought that you know when they're born here they have to be raised here and then they move on. But I do I do think the different types is a real like that's that's is how it is. That yeah. And I, I you can hear I can hear him. the dogs whining in the other room because I said his name. Yeah. He heard me. You he heard me call him and now he can't get in here and he's like whining. 
it's weird. It's it's all, but it's all weird. It's all amazing. Yeah, and I think that's what keeps the the rabbit hole of mm-hmm. you know you're just yeah, researching yeah. Bigfoot and hearing the stories. It's just always so fascinating because you never know what you're going to get if when a new story comes around. You know, mm-hmm. another puzzle or another piece <laughs> of the true. puzzle. Right. Yeah. Now, so for this UFO, do you think that they're? Well, I guess it's I guess it's a hard question for me to even ask. Do you think that they're directly related to the Bigfoot that are being seen in these same things? Or do you think it's all kind of semi-related phenomena that just happens to be popping up at the same time? I think they're related. I think uh, something in the alien world, the cosmos, has probably been here. And that's, like I say, the Genova the troglodyte and made him a Bigfoot. Or maybe they messed with the genome of a orangutan. But I think they just different ones. I don't know what created the ones we were dealing with up there, but they may have just been pure aliens. I don't know, but they're just tall. They're big. Uh, my daughter's seen them uh, three times. I've got a glimpse of one. My friends, we've all gotten glimpses up there. Looks of Al. Al Barry never got a glimpse, but uh, I'm not sure if they were cloaking. We never thought about cloaking at the time. I never knew about energy and frequency interchangeable like that at the time because we you think that we would have seen them a lot more often and that we would have, uh, but we didn't. And they could be real close to us and uh, just didn't see them that often. And uh, we set up camera traps. We tried everything to get a picture. We never could get a good picture. And uh, it's just, uh, they outfoxed you. Of course, we're underestimated at that time. We just thought there were some identified apron around the woods, you know, and uh, we didn't know. Bigfoot was not on anybody's radar at the time, except mine. I mean, when I went up there, Bigfoot was on my radar because something's going on here, and it's got a Bigfoot. And that's <laughs> why we seen that, and we was able to. <laughs> that's Bigfoot. There's yeah. another. Yeah, there's another T-shirt quote. Something's going on. on here, and it's got a Bigfoot. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. But uh, I spell those two. Spell those two things separate words. Mm-hmm. Bigfoot. Right. It's yeah. got a big comma foot foot yeah uh but yeah some of the stuff so and if, if anybody at home hasn't heard the sierra sounds yet we did an episode on it way back like a year and a half ago uh but you sell all that stuff on the website you guys gotta listen to this stuff it's it's insane the amount of like like well you like samurai chatter but all of it like the level of stuff you guys were able to get is just truly amazing personally it's, I believe it's the best evidence of Sasquatch that anybody's collected because it, it's been studied so much and nobody's ever been able to actually debunk it, that actually have done a full study. If anything, it proves it more. They find right. out more and more stuff for the positive, like you were saying earlier. Yeah, you know, at the time this was going on, we had no idea. I had no idea that it would develop into what it has today. And you're right. It does have a lot of cred- It's got credibility behind it. I think that's what makes it so unique. Uh, the Patterson film is, is a good film, but that's all it is. And I think that's a diluted form of the Bigfoot. I say diluted, that's the word I use to say that they're interbred with humans. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what makes a lot of them have the same type of splay, the same type of foot. Uh, ours is not splayed like that, it's more, I mean, it's not unique like a human's foot, like the Patterson film, Patterson tracks. Uh, Ours are just bigger, and they, they they're more uh, well splayed. That's why hard. They walk one foot in front of the other too, like mm-hmm. that. like a straight uh, line. They don't. Uh, yes, 
And uh, we found some in the snow one time up there too that where the track horse just stopped. It had a nine-inch track and an 18-inch track, thinking that was an adolescent and a mother. And it stopped, and we couldn't see the rest of them. So we, we didn't think much about it other than they must have jumped out of there somehow, you know, if we didn't see more track. But now that I know what I know, uh, what I think I know anyway, uh, I gotta say that part because if we only think we know things, you know, until we right. die, we really don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna get answers to all this here one of these days. So, and for those looking for the flesh and blood, uh, I, I'd like to say good luck to them, but I don't think they're gonna they're gonna have it. <laughs> Just because if these things are what I think they are, they can get out of your they get out of your visual range, and you just won't see them because they can cloak or get out of the uh, the frequency, which is like I said, 420 to 770 terahertz. That's a light frequency, and once they're once they're out of that, you won't see them with your eyes. Mm-hmm. They can be right there. You'll never know it. You need like a Faraday uh, cage I'm, to actually catch one. Well, you, you, <laughs> that's a good plan. <laughs> if they don't sense it. <laughs> oh yeah, true. Yeah, how are you going to build a Faraday cage out in the middle of a woods and get one in there? You got to be. You got to drop it from a plane and be very accurate. It, very accurate. Cover it Nutella. There's no time. Nobody can. Nobody can resist Nutella. <laughs> right there, you go. Nutella. But so with the orbs and stuff like that. So I believe they can cloak, and I, I agree with you about the that if they were fully flesh and blood or, or normal or whatever anybody wants to word it, that we'd have one in a cage. You know, they're, they no. they'd be on display in the Cincinnati Zoo here in Ohio. Like they they would we would know like <laughs> in that zoo specifically. Yeah. Uh, so for cloaking, so the orbs, here's my, the thought I've always had is that I don't know if you've ever seen the invisible hunting blinds and stuff like that. They were, so everybody at home, they refract the light around you, but at the top, they kind of glow, but most animals ignore that. So I always wondered if it was something with their ability to kind of refract the light around them. And that's the orb you're seeing above them. It's this actually bouncing ball of light where they're having to pinpoint all of this extra, all this light they're refracting. And that's just always a thought I've had. But I do believe, I because mean, we've had people, I have said that they, they see them walking and then they're just, Gone. they're just not there. You know, they're watching an eight. Well, you've seen the, yeah. You saw the 401 that I was in. Yes. David Pilates. Yeah. Yep. Well, the, the section right after me was this lady that was tree hunting and she's seen this pickleization form one tree to another remember that so that is and then, 12 miles from where we're sitting right now mm-hmm. really yep yep well there you are but yeah it's ohio you're in ohio yep 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 yeah. so that was in lima well, at our... the, same, the same time a group of our uh, people kids in a school just a few miles from there was witness a ufo oh a bunch of so working thing i Sorry. Civilization is what, uh, what uh, well, other people describe the same thing. And if you're not really looking, you won't see it. I, I had a person give me a picture of her. She was walking in the woods with her, with her cat. Her cat was out in front of her own, so the cat would stop and start looking like that. She was filming this with her camera, and she just, from where her cat was looking, and it was like pixelization form going by. And wow, <laughs> that's pretty cool. You know, you don't see those every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, so anyway, uh, just, uh, I think something was cloaking there. 
no tells what else can do that, you know, where again, I think aliens have got this thing figured out. Where once we get out of this three dimensional environment and evolve ourselves up a little higher, we'll be able to do the same thing. Soon we'll come back to Earth. And uh, it's, it's interesting stuff for sure. Yeah. And it's like you said earlier, it's there's too many of those type of encounters to ignore. Uh, to say that it isn't a crucial part of the Bigfoot phenomena. It's just in, you can't separate the two. And that's, I think, one of the biggest problems with the Bigfoot community right now is that there is the fleshers and then there's the woo. You know, it's just, it's all the same. Well, I just want to encourage people to not call me into woo wooer because I'm a citizen physicist. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. And, and quantum physics answers the woo. Yes. Yes. Most of it, yes. Anyway, the paranormal. It's just the laws that are behind what they're what they're calling the paranormal or the woo. It's the law that governs that. Like like Professor Dirac, like these different ones who've done these studies, and you know, very educated people. And you get into uh, Edgar Mitchell, who's made that statement, the astronaut. He, I like that one. He says it takes classical and quantum sciences together up to a perception. And you got Einstein saying. It's a fact. If you can find the frequency of something, you can change its matter. Well, there you go. You know, we're just learn to do that. Which I had a machine that would find all the frequencies, but you don't know what frequency to look for. Hmm. I think it's important that we we open our pineal gland, our head, and receive information that's out there. We're in a relaxed meditation state, and that that information will go into your heart. And your heart will, will get a gut feeling that you're supposed to do this, that, or the other. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but your heart needs to be coherent with your brain, this, this outside brain here. And if that's coherent, your brain will know where to go and what to do. So many times our education, our, our three-dimensional analytical mind will, will override what we feel like we should be doing. And we go that way instead of the way we're supposed to go. So I think that's that's the key to what I like to say on these programs is is know who you are as a human, how you're made, how we're made to connect with this oneness that's out there, this one consciousness that's involved with everything, and how you can tune into it and um, by meditating and uh, don't don't be so analytical about everything. Your heart says do it. If your heart says do it. Do it. Right. You're just kicking out the t-shirts today. <laughs> let me let me add philosopher to your uh give me, yeah. give me some credit give me some credit for those you can t-shirts on okay we'll, we'll split it for you we'll split it for you don't worry no, yeah no. we'll quote your name on the yeah, bottom it'll be ron moorhead <laughs> no it and I'm, I'm with you that i think too many people go out in nature and don't experience nature like they just ignore everything around right them. people people just don't like ever realize how much life and how much weird life is around. I mean, animals that we have documented are extremely, extremely weird. Like we joke about like mimicry octopus and all this stuff that they can camouflage and you'll never know they're there. And there's no, there's nothing. They're not that higher. You know, they just are really good at what they do. Right. But no, it's amazing. And nature's nature. the same way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of cup with that and sort of squid. Yep. Uh, I've, seen them all and uh yeah it's really weird octopus i was diving up in alaska one time and went out to this place where the giant octopus were supposed to be trying to film it and i got up there and i seen this big tentacle out underneath this rock outcropping i grabbed the fin of the leader and i said hey come back and there's three of us 
and uh, he was trained with octopus and he was a, the guide there i say guy he was a, he was a schoolmaster and uh, my son-in-law was a filmer and uh, he went behind this rock rock and i was like what's he going to do back there he went back there and my son-in-law got up there with the camera and scooped the octopus out and he shot out the, they never leave themselves without a way out mm -hmm. and this guy grabbed him just like that oh <laughs> this dive master yeah this dive master seven foot tall oh seven foot the guy's seven foot tall he's huge yeah my son-in-law's six foot five i'm not near those heights but i anyway i'm i'm looking at this it's shooting black crap you know ink all over <laughs> its head its head was as big as the dive masters and his legs his tentacles just wrapped around his legs and he just grabbed it until it cooled down a little bit and he just started petting it like he would a dog and then just let it go and but they don't want to hurt wow. you smart. right smart. That's they... a really cool thing to see well, yeah uh, ron were you, were you like a like a marine biologist or a diver or a scuba diver, what were you before you started getting into all the Bigfoot, like what you're doing now? Well, I've been a little bit of everything. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> I've it. Been, I've been a scuba diver. I, got, I didn't get my scuba rating or diving until the uh, early 80s, I think it was. Okay. I started diving a lot. My son and I have been you know, all over doing that stuff. But uh, no, I wasn't a marine biologist, so I had fun. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, I've owned a couple of airplanes. I've flown all the way into Alaska several times, all over Alaska, really, and flew it all the way down into Central America and uh, just on expeditions, mine expedition down there I went to. And uh, yeah, I discovered some things down there too, really unique. But the biggest thing I think that opened my eyes was the trip into Bolivia and Peru when I flew into there. And I, I flew commercially down there because it's a long way. Because mm -hmm. I met up with a couple scientists and uh, uh, Brian Forrester, who led us down there. Yeah. He, he knows that country better than the locals. You know, he's he's good. He's a wildlife biologist from Canada, actually. But he's, he lives down there now, married to a lady from Lima. <laughs> and he's a nice guy. He leads people out now all over. And uh, he took us some spots that uh, were really telling. And when you see that stuff, you know, alien remains or, or these big megalithic structures that have been there for eons and they're put together like a jigsaw puzzle. I mean, just mm -hmm. no mortar, just man, quarried miles from where they were and up on this 13,000 foot mountain. And you wonder, my gosh, something with advanced technology had to do that stuff. We can't do it. I think we can do it today. Uh, why would we? Why? Why do they? You know, right. It poses a lot of questions. Yeah, it does. But uh, anyway, it's withstood a lot of stuff, and that's one of the answers that somebody said was maybe it's for earthquake purposes. Well, that makes a little more sense. But but again, uh, how they cut them that way? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which, like that. It was what purpose? Earthquake. 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 Oh, okay. Sorry, I yeah. I didn't hear oh. it. Hmm. Yeah. Why did I don't know? I don't understand how that makes sense. What but the I'm earthquake? Not, yeah. Well, so like when the earth quakes and mm -hmm. instead of a one structure shaking, it's all the little ones. Oh, okay. So it when That's it shakes, like it doesn't that. actually fall apart and crumble. It's already got all the breaks in it. It just vibrates a little bit. Hmm. So the whole structure well, doesn't tumble the, down. Uh, yeah. Some of those boulders were over a hundred tons. Yeah, gigantic. <laughs> so 
100 like tons. Some of the Another corners, wall. like the Saxay Waman, I think is what it's called, like on the corners of some of those, exactly. it's just gigantic. Yeah, I got, I got pictures of that stuff. When you see it to your own eyes, uh, wow, it just, mm -hmm. it's up above Cusco. You got to fly into Cusco and then get up there. Mm -hmm. But it's uh, interesting stuff. What took me down to Peru to start with was the elongated skulls. Mm, like the Paracas people or something? Yeah, the Paracas skulls. And uh, we were measuring those with, with science and uh, seeing the difference. There are 30% more uh, brain matter in those skulls mm. than what we have in ours and close to 30% thicker uh, mm. skull. And a lot of people say, well, those are the Incas who cradleboarded. Well, no. The Incas did do that, but they were mimicking the, the Paracas people, thinking they would get the same attributes they had, I think. We think, you know, never mind, I ask, but, uh, yeah, uh, these Paracas people were, uh, the elongated skulls, I think they were either part alien or all alien, because they have a single parietal, we have a parietal on each side of our head, they got a single one, no saddle suture at all, Right. and more brain matter, uh, they were able to do things, those megalithic structures and stuff down there, it was all over high country Peru. I went into, uh, I went all the way around Lake Titicaca too, up to the Pumapuku and those places like that. And it's all over. I mean, the locals don't think much about it at all. They like the tourist dollar though. But yeah. <laughs> but it's, a, it's, it's, it's really interesting. It's an eye opener if you ever get down there. That's a thing to see. Aren't those um, elongated, are those elongated skulls also like found elsewhere in the world? Like not just South America? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Egypt. Yeah. Okay, I thought so. Pretty much, I'm going to I'm going to venture a guess uh, wherever there's pyramids. Well, there you go. Yeah. If I had to I guess about that, say for the most part, yeah. Good I, guess. I, yeah. I know the island of Malta, I think, had some weird skulls in it, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. All right. Yeah. But I don't think yeah. I don't know if there's any pyramids in Malta. I think about it. There could be, but I don't know. They have some weird stuff there, though. That's for sure. I've never been there. Uh, but I've seen some information on it. Well, let's go. You and me, let's go. All three of us. You know where I'd like to go? I'd like to go to the Solomon Islands. The which that's, islands? That's Solomon. I, okay. Solomon Islands. Reports of giants there uh, recently. And it's fairly recently. And uh, a lot of uh, history there of giants. They used to be cannibalistic, kind of like the Paiutes claimed as Lovelock. Okay. But... Uh, they, uh, they live underground, supposedly, and uh, there's UFO sightings all along. And there's a story that about World War II, the Japanese saw them, uh, the giants, not the UFOs. And, uh, yeah. You ought to read that. There's a whole book out on the Solomon Islands. But have it's to get... hard to uh, get in there and yeah. do what you want to do. I'm making a note now. Really he's, he's ordering the book right now. <laughs> You said you said my main uh, things. The giants is one of them. Giants, UFOs, <laughs> underground. You hit all of his points. Giants, yeah, giants in the Solomon Islands. And find it. So, what do we do without Google, right? Yeah, right, yeah. I, I know, right. You have to call away and I'm mail away to get this book. Making notes. I'm making notes. <laughs> now it's it. The world is so much weirder and more connected than than most people want to realize. Well, it's just, uh, yeah, realizing that uh, that we 
are such a small element in this little timeline that we live in, linear mm -hmm. time. But it's been here for billions of years, you know. And uh, what about the cosmos and all the stuff going on? Mm -hmm. I'm kind of anxious to join all that and see what it's all about. Not that I'm going to off myself or anything like that. <laughs> but, but, but I'm not afraid at all oh, about. Yeah. Yeah, about death yeah I, yeah it's, it's part of life yeah i'm like don't don't announce that you're well, going to off yourself on our show please <laughs> yeah don't be <laughs> that's not that that's not the headline that's we not, want from yeah this. that's not the yeah those cryptids of the corn guys <laughs> push ron to the edge oh gosh but no just kind of like sum that up my favorite picture is pale blue dot uh where the the i think it was voyager 2 took the picture of earth from like a little bit past, I think, Uranus. And it shows you how small the Earth actually is in just our own solar system. Yeah. And yeah. the universe is, uh, I mean, uh, uh, unending. It's infinite. You know, it's just massive. So to think that we're the only the only thing that has anything going on here. Like Galileo, you know, he, he got on house arrest for the rest of his life for claiming, claiming the Earth moved around the sun. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't allowed to leave. Yeah, he almost got hung. I mean, Crimes against on. humanity. Well, I didn't get hung. He got on house arrest, but people did get burnt and hung and everything for her heresy. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we are learning. We're coming out of this dark, showery stuff and getting into what's real. I think. Amazing. Slowly but surely, we got more more evolving to do. Oh, absolutely. I think do it through our consciousness. That's going to be the next big study. AI is going to take over. We're not careful, but that's maybe okay. I don't, I don't think so. But I think we have to evolve. We have to answer the issues through the uh, uh, through the uh, this, through the stuff we run into on this earth. Mm -hmm. the, uh, we can't be an issue. We can't be a. Well, I need my nap. <laughs> we can't be. <laughs> well, we can't be a. Uh, um, uh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm it's all good. Thought pattern here. Uh, but anyway, um, you, uh, we we just have to get better. We have yeah. To keep destroying each other and, and war, and uh, we're a warring species, unfortunately. Yeah. And, it. And it, we get away from that. The Earth, the Earth can't evolve anymore because Earth, the Earth is a living entity too. We're right. To we care of it. I think that's what brings the aliens here a lot because I think they don't want us to do that. They want to. They want to save the planet. I I fully believe the Earth is at some at some way a whole living thing. Uh, we talk a lot. So I'm kind of famous for the intelligent fungus thing, this giant neural network of fungus that live everywhere, everywhere on the Earth, from Antarctica to the deep sea vents to the upper atmosphere. You can't get away from fungus, and they're able to interspecies communicate. Uh, we just did a study this past year where we found out fungus can count. Uh, so it's there. I kind of think that they are maybe the nerve system of the planet to where, cause they're, they're everywhere and they're interconnected and they talk to each other. But mm -hmm. I think you're a hundred percent saying like we, as a species, we have to come together and move on to the next step or we're going to go extinct. I mean, the earth will be fine no matter what the earth will always, always bounce back from every thing that's been thrown at it, but we won't, if we don't nuke it. We don't nuke it first, right? Right. I mean, there's, That's there's. Why I think aliens. Sorry. Aliens interfere with that. Well, aliens don't want us to nuke it. That's what they're concerned with. I think there's been several attempts for. Well, 
I just think they, they will interfere and they will stop us from destroying it, I think. But we can always override that or try to anyway. Uh, yeah, it's a lot more to come uh, and we're getting to the end of it. I think we've got to learn love and compassion with everything and don't be a victim. That's what I was trying to think about a while ago. Because mm -hmm. we're here to learn. We're here for experiences and we're here to learn. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you consider yourself a victim, you're never going to learn anything. If you just figure, you know, like I tell my grandkids, uh, you either win or you learn something. No such thing as losing. 100%. Another t-shirt for you. There we there, go. Another one. Four t-shirts. <laughs> well, Ron, I think that's, a, if you're good, that's a perfect episode for us. We, uh, Do you want to shout out your stuff again? And I'll have everybody at home, I'll have his website down below. Buy everything he has. I have. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Well, I got two CDs and two books and, uh, the first book is Voices in the Wilderness, and that's my uh, chronicle, really, of doing this. Uh, I wrote it first, and it's it's got a link, too, for the sounds. I want to go into the context of the sound I'm talking about. You can hear the sound. You just have to download it. And uh, I think there's like 24 or 25 uh, sound bites in it. And then the quantum Bigfoot is, uh, is just where it's taking me and the answers to the anomalies that we are faced up there, what I think is the answers. And uh, really, uh, I got two CDs. Uh, one of them is narrated by Jonathan Frakes, Star Trek Enterprise, Next Generation. Nice. I, I, uh, I, the, I narrate the second one. And it's, they're two different. They got sounds integrated in them. Everything is downloadable, too. Or you can get the hard copy of the books. I don't ship out the uh, CDs anymore. It's just too much of a hassle. So mm -hmm. order the books, and they get shipped out from Amazon. Awesome. So it's ronmorehead.com, one O M O R E A T A D. And once again, I'll have that in the link below for everybody. It'll be the first link. It'll be, it's like Ron's links. <laughs> Simple enough. Uh, but before we go, Ron, we have a tradition with every guest we have on here. Uh, basically, we'll count down from three, and then we'll all yell bye, and then it'll, then it'll, you know, we'll be done. If you're good with that, we'll do that. Okay. Three, two, one, or one, two, three. Three, two, one. <laughs> Good. Okay. I've never been asked a year it's and a half. Nobody's ever asked. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's just like, okay, all right. Three, two, one. Two, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Crips of the Corn podcast. Please share with a friend you think would like us. It's the best way to help our show grow. Leave a comment, rate us, a five star review. And remember, there is always extra content on Patreon slash CryptoTheCorn.com. And don't forget, stay magical. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.